Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is rejoicing. Rejoicing in the return of yeah. our good old friend, <laughs> Cinema. Along with all of the joy and all of the frustration that that brings, like viewing times. So, <laughs> so um, um, my name is Tosin, I'm the host, I'm in, um, in the UK, a small town called Bromsgrove in Worcestershire, and joining me on a small island off the coast of the UK, off the south coast of the UK, are Sharon Bollen. Hello. And Sean Harris. Hiya. Yes, so we were talking about cinemas being back. We have been going on. We've had a week off, and in that week, that was the week that cinemas came back. Some of us made might to get there, and some of us didn't quite manage it. Isn't that right, Sharon? That's right. I just didn't quite manage it. <laughs> I had every uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and um, my road to hell was I had intended to go to the cinema about three times. Uh, I just never made it. <laughs> so can you, can you tell tell us about the other things that that kept you back from from a beautiful beautiful reunion? Well, I, I gave my my nephew a driving lesson. I took him out in my car. And we went driving around a very quiet car park. Because um, he would just like basically be slightly alarmed by anyone passing. So if another <laughs> car came into view or a person or heaven forbid, you know, a child or a dog, it was just like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. And so we, we did t- took a while to find a really, really quiet, isolated car park, which we found. Um, and that I mean, that what that was one evening when I didn't manage to get out. Another one was, yeah, just a, one of my mum's appointments. Another one was coming home from work late. So, yeah. Everything seemed to conspire against me going to the cinema this week. Yeah, you see, this is the thing, because obviously we have been looking forward to cinema coming back and we have been like, no, come back cinema, all is forgiven. And then you remember some of the, and then it's just like, it's like a rude awakening that you remember, oh, hang on a second. Oh yeah, timings. I can't just, I've had like a year of being a condition that I can watch anything I want to watch whenever I want to watch it. <laughs> but now I have to I actually have to look at the times and all that. And I remember sitting down and trying to sort of like do some calendar juggling of, okay, if I'm going to go see a film, I could go, I could, if I saw that, how long does the film last? If I could, could I get out in time for that? And I could, okay, if I went to play tennis then, could I, and I, I, I just tried to figure out and I was it's like, oh, I haven't done this for a while. And I remember it, it I, <laughs> I will take cinema because cinema's back, but this is a little bit annoying. But speaking about that, uh, the man who wouldn't let none of that stand in his way, <laughs> didn't care about nephews getting, needing driving lessons, didn't care about times and changing nappies, didn't care about any of that, is Sean. And Sean, you have gone proper beast mode I've over the last two weeks, haven't you? Yes, I have indeed, indeed. I've gone, gone absolutely crackers, really. I've sort of caught like... A four o'clock performance, come out, had a Kentucky fried chicken and gone back in. So I've done, <laughs> I've done two double bills. So, yeah, so I've really, 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 um, really yeah. enjoyed my time, shall we say. And as I say, the weather's, lucky enough, the weather's not been terrific like it has today. Today's lovely. So, yeah, feel, but it still was odd. So, like, if I go watch a four o'clock, ten past four performance, I'd come out and it was still light and still quite nice and sunny. <laughs> Yeah, and then I go in again, sort of afterwards after wandering around for a bit. So, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was it's been it's been emotional. It's been emotional. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my next question. What was it? Because I remember the last film that both of us saw in the cinema before this whole was Wonder Woman 1984. Wonder Woman. Yeah, and that was that was in Christmas, Christmas 2020. We both saw that before the cinemas went on lockdown again. Uh, so um, I think that that time we both spoke about it being quite an emotional experience, being back in a cinema, being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we missed this." So, what, what, <laughs> so t- tell talk us through how emotional it was for you when you got back in this time. Okay, well, it was. I think it was more excitement. I think it was more excitement because, um, uh, I mean, I would would have been tempted on the because because the actual cine world here didn't open until the Wednesday, the nineteenth. It didn't yes. open on the seventeenth. It yep. didn't open until the nineteenth, and uh, I was so tempted to see see uh kong but i sort of had half promised like um some people that i would i would hold off i would hold off i would hold yeah, off i saw till... i saw the facebook pictures yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, so... you and and friends of the show joe and happy john happy john yeah <laughs> so uh so i went the first one i saw was nomadland 
So, which is, is what I'll probably do. That was the first one. And then, um, so that was, that was the first day. And then I thought, ooh. And then I went to see, after that, I went to see, uh, oh, the G, yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, Judas so and I the Black out, Messiah. So oh. I came out of, I, that's another one. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I came out of um, uh, uh, the Nomad Land. Yep. And I actually um, borrowed a, a meerkat code. And I went with, with Sherry, who's like the Chinese assistant, Joe's Chinese assistant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joe's um, Chinese teacher. And then we then we came out and I bought some chicken and we sat down by the river for for ten minutes and I called my mother and made a few phone calls and then um, went back in. She said, "Oh yeah, I come in." I said, "Well, you probably have to pay because I don't know how, how many times can you use those um, meerkat codes?" Codes. I think you can use the meerkat codes only once. Yes, once yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, one use only. That's what I thought. So anyway, she said, "Oh, I'll come and see it." So we went to see. For it. those who don't know, a meerkat code is a code that you can get if you use a certain company to buy insurance, and it gives you two for one tickets. Mm. Oh, yeah, so and then then that's it. Yeah, Judas and the Black Mazar. I was trying to think of what ones because the trouble is, if you watch too many and you have that little gap, you forget, don't you? Yeah, you've yeah. yeah. done that about things you've watched. So, yeah, so uh, so we went to see that. So, that was the first, that was the opening. And I came out, and I guess I still got in fairly early. I got in about half past 10, I guess. And I was like, oh, that was emotional. That was so nice. <laughs> that was what the best go- day ever. <laughs> what am I going to go and see tomorrow? Oh, I know, I'd go and see. Um, so yeah, so. Oh, all right, cool. So we we will. So that means that now, <clears throat> with the return of cinema, we can have the return of our usual format on Netflix versus cinema, in which we are going to take three things that we've seen at the cinema this week, rate them out of five. Three things that we've seen on um, at home this week, rate them out of five, and then decide where it is that our money has been best spent. Now, because this film was just such a big thing, and it was probably the biggest draw, and you had Sean getting all, oh my god, I gotta go see this, <laughs> I feel like there's only one place for us to start this week, and that is in the cinema, welcome back cinema, we've missed you, we love you, although the viewing times have been annoying, <laughs> we've missed you, we've loved you, and... Um, now we're gonna kick off with Godzilla versus Kong, a film that Sean has been waiting for probably for about a year to watch. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. I've been and I I, I tried to avoid all spoilers, everything else. So yep. But was, okay, so so we we'll get so as we go, we're gonna give you seven minutes and you're seven so, so short. Your seven minutes to talk about Godzilla versus Kong start now. Okay, so um, uh, this this is uh. What, I mean, people are aware of the other stuff of the Godzilla and the Skull Island. So basically, they've been monitoring um, Kong on Skull Island, but it's it's breaking apart. It's breaking apart, and they decide that they they're going to have to move him. Um, and Godzilla just is is about causing havoc everywhere. He's just like <laughs> like going nuts. And because these are two titans, he is obviously um, they're like as as from uh, Kong. Right, yeah, yeah. So they're titans, but they're <laughs> rivals. I've got it. They're rivals. So they're rivals that um, you know, they want to be the ape. They want to be the apex. The, the apex predator. Predator. So they they put Kong on the ship, and there's a bit of a battle. It's in the trailer that bit, and then it sort of all goes a bit quiet, and they come up with this hollow earth theory. That this hollow earth theory. Okay. Okay. All, all the, yeah. Sure. Sure. I was just going to ask one question. I was like. <clears throat> this is a film called Godzilla vs. Kong. So you're trying to tell me they tried to put some storyline in here. Yeah, yeah, not, not, <laughs> not too much, not too much. But yeah, Because, because I'm kind of like, I did not come here for the storyline. I don't need you to give me an excuse why Godzilla is going to be versus Kong. <laughs> yeah. give, give me what you promised. I mean... <laughs> okay, yeah. So well, let's get straight to it then. Forget all, the, all, the, all that other stuff, the story, because yeah. The point is, you want to see Kong. You want to see monsters fighting each other. Whereas, exactly. Whereas the um, King of Monsters was very much lots of people around, um, and those people turn up in cameo roles. You know, but so that's, that's so the, the the previous film Godzilla King of Monsters. Yes. Where, yeah, which we complained was too many humans yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. care about humans. When all, all we want to see was Godzilla. That's it. And and Mothra and I know those guys. Yeah. So so they got that right. Um, but anyway, basically the story is there's uh, there's there's sort of a bit of a a stalemate between kong and godzilla and then there's this this other creature that's been like manufactured so we say so i expect a lot of people seen it now so do you reckon i could say what it is yeah yeah, go ahead 
Go ahead. Yeah. So it's look. Essentially, we've come to watch a wrestling match. We don't care. what (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so Godzilla and Kong, they've had their ding dongs. They've had like three fights. So it's like a you know they've had like three battles where. So so they they keep fighting, stopping, fighting, fighting, stopping. Things happen. They just you know things disappear, and then they get together and they get together again. But then there's this. um, Mecha Godzilla, which is is Ooh. Of, yeah, he's controlled by um, the son of uh, the, the the Japanese guy who was in the first one. You said, like, oh yeah, 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 the Ken Watanabe son. character who was they, so memorable. I can remember his name. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, so they they've created this mechanical beast, and they have to use it through the the DNA of a skull of King Ghidorah. So, ooh, and basically things go a bit wrong. So. Uh, Kong, the last fight between Kong and Godzilla, he's he's a little bit injured, but then this Mecha Godzilla comes out and. Okay, 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 cool. I think now we're getting onto to, to, to yeah. That's too spoilery. That's too. Spo- oh, right, that's too spoilery. Okay. <laughs> that's too. But, but okay, no, but Sean, what I'll ask you is, seeing as we showed up for the fight, we showed up for the throwdown. What yeah. are the fights like? Because this film, if you're going <laughs> to call it Godzilla versus Kong, it's going to rise and fall on the quality of the throwdowns. So, what were the fights like? The fights were, yeah, they, they were pretty spectacular. I mean, the film really, the, the story's a bit daft, but the action sequences yeah. were just were just what we wanted to see. They were just just like, and and the the ultimate fight was just like I, I got really excited about. It. In fact, I've probably sort of gonna time it so that I can go in and watch that that end <laughs> fight like multiple times because I don't think I'll ever get tired of that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just what I wanted, just what I yeah. wanted. I was really excited. I was getting, oh, yeah, that's nice. And it was a proper, proper, well, all the fights were really, really good, I thought. Um, and, you know, they were, yeah, they were pretty, pretty brutal. And it was, I think it was cleverly done with Kong, because, you know, I always wondered with Godzilla, because he's got that radioactive breath, isn't he, that he lets out. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, well, how's Kong going to deal with that? But, the way he deals with it is really, is really, really pretty damn good. But, you know, and it's, it's clever. I'm like, oh, yeah. They, so they've given that some thought because I was, I was wondering what they were going to do so with that. So they, they gave some thought to make it an actual fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because otherwise, otherwise he just used that <sighs> breath of his to vaporize, yeah. vaporize Kong like he did in the, with the Muto in the um In the first, in in the first, first Godzilla one. movie, yeah. So, um, so, yes. So that's pretty good. But the one thing in this Hollow Earth thing they, there is a hollow earth and they find this uh it's quite funny there's like a obviously it would have been some of kong's ancestors and it's mm-hmm. like a big it's like a big throne room oh and yeah there's a there's one bit where old kong actually sits on this like big throne like a <laughs> like a proper king yeah sort of there you know and the old music goes so that's that that was a good scene i enjoyed that scene oh, and uh, there's okay. there's a there's there's a little girl in it who can communicate with Kong and seems absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. She can communicate with him, you know, and she sort of yeah. says, oh, enemy, not enemy. And she sort of more or less, so he's got a bit of a, bit of a affinity. Well, in fact, a huge affinity with her. If it wasn't for her, you know, yeah. there would have been more, more mayhem than what there was. But All yeah, right, that, cool. it's a terrific, terrific. I really, really enjoyed it, actually. To be fair, it was great. It wasn't, it wasn't a disappointment in any way, shape or form. Oh no! Okay, that's good because obviously they've been trying to do this monster verse, which is going to be like this shared. Essentially, they're trying to do like a shared monster universe because obviously, since Marvel did their cinematic universe, everybody's trying to do shared universes, yeah. and so they were trying to do a shared universe with this thing. And Godzilla was all right. The first Godzilla movie was all right. I think um, Kong Skull Island was all right. Um, Godzilla King of Monsters gave. It was kind of like uh, this monsterverse thing might not be that good an idea, that, but it looks for it sounds like what you're saying. They've managed to bring us back on track with with. It. I mean, so much so I know that the guy who directed this, Adam Wingard, who is kind of like the darling, he's he's kind of like a horror darling at the moment. So Adam Wingard, they already they're trying to get him. They're like, quick, come do another one. They want him to do a, a fourth monsterverse, another monsterverse movie because apparently he nailed it with this one. Yeah, I think I think um, I think it's done really, really well, isn't it? Worldwide, I think it's done. Much- it has done, yeah, because it was one of the few films that was actually released in cinemas during the lockdown in the last year, and so it, with that, with it being released, they're saying that it's actually like it's actually a bona fide hit during this lockdown period. The, um, Do you have to have seen the previous films to be able to appreciate this one? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. I really don't think so. Not really. But is there like a continuity? Do you, if you didn't see the last one, would you go, "Oh, I wonder how Hong Kong got to be where he is, and how Godzilla got to be where he is"? No, I probably don't think so too much. Really, it's just a it's just a nice little slugfest. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't. I mean, it, it would be good to see them because uh, you you sort of a little bit invested in it. But apart yeah. from that. It's a nice little slugfest as it should be. As it should be. As it, as it, as it should, be. should be. So yeah, let's hope let's hope there's more. Let's hope there's more now. None of I... this none of this wheeling Brian Cranston out and Aaron Taylor Johnson and trying to give me this whole oh their father and son <laughs> linked yeah. by a shared tragedy. Oh, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla, yeah. Kong, fight. That's I'll what tell you, I'll tell you what, Sharon, you need to come and see this with me. It's a good, good fun film. Good fun film. I had it's one of the ones I had intended to try to catch, but yes, the timings were just not in my favour. Okay. okay, well, give us a shout. Give us a shout when timings are in your favour, and I'll come with you. <laughs> All right, uh, cool. And now we go from cinema to Netflix and friends mm-hmm. at home to see what we have. And Sharon, we will. You have sat down here and heard me complaining about people trying to make us care about humans when there's monsters to watch fighting. And uh, so. Okay, so thank you. So we'll give you seven minutes. Tell us what it is that you are bringing forward to the table that you have seen at home this week. Well, I saw a series on Sky. We finally got our Sky um, returned to us. We didn't have it for two months because um, our dish, our box broke or something. And so they sort of gave us lots of freebies. And so one of the freebies is, um, yeah, Sky Q box. So we've been oh nice oh. Uh, so yes, I watched a film, a series called The Nevers. Ooh. Now this is Joss Whedon's latest sort of in, 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 incarnation. Yeah, <laughs> though he isn't incarnated in it, but it's his latest sort of you know, gift to the world. Um, he is of like Buffy fame, and he's later done a lot of stuff with the uh, the Marvel universe. And the so Avengers. His reputation yeah. has taken a bit of a dent because he was accused of sort of not being very nice to people. But on the set of Justice League, that film again. <laughs> yeah. up. so creatively though this is his latest sort of offering and basically the nevers it's set in victorian london the end of victorian victoria's reign so what the 1890s and there's all these different people the, the scene opens with all these different people looking up at the sky one day when this strange object passes through the sky and these sort of beads of light basically start falling from the sky and touching people and you see it sort of like flare on their skin and then just disappear. And um, people don't think anything of it until a couple of years later, people, well, over time, people start manifesting different abilities. Mm. And these people have become known as the touched because they were sort of touched by this, whatever this was. Yeah. And um, it's principally women and children who have been affected because they were the ones who were sort of out in the daytime when this happened, they looked up and... It, it, it touched them. And so some people have the ability of seeing electricity. Mm-hmm. Others have super strength um, or they get very tall. Um, they can, their breath can create glass. They can breathe on something and it will turn it into glass. Others, there's just a whole myriad of these sort of, the way this is manifested. So and do these, they essentially become a Victorian Avengers? Yeah, they have... <laughs> different yeah they have these different abilities um but this being sort of pre-suffrage london (laughs) um these women have no rights they're principally women and people are trying basically to sort of create laws in which these women are controlled and so they have like formed this created this like this orphanage where people can flee a sanctuary where all the the touched can flee and they they sort of form this sort of commune together so they're living together and then as the story unfolds you begin to understand a little bit more about why people are trying to control them and then what abilities they have and there's this central character who basically is the person who runs this this orphanage this asylum this sanctuary and you see her story unfold as to why um she has this this what her her ability is Mm. and it turns out there's not a great big spoiler because you find out quite soon on in the series um the thing that gave them this gift is actually an alien life form and it's hidden underneath sort of subterranean london and 
you find a little bit about the history of what this life form is as the series goes on. And then you get a huge, I won't tell you anything about it, but you get a huge shock in one of the episodes where you're going, is this still the same series? What's happening? And then <laughs> everything is turned on its head on you. And at the end of the series, you see the whole previous sort of five or six episodes in a completely different light. Oh. <laughs> so what you think is like a, no League of, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type thing is suddenly just flipped completely at the end. And so uh, and you, like, then, uh, you then have to revisit everything you've seen before. Okay, so you see, I quite like one of those things when it's executed properly. And from what you say, it sound, no, from the, judging by the tone in your voice, it sounds like it was executed properly. Yes, it's done very well. Um, it's obviously like more modern television. It's sort of quite adult Oh, yeah. um, so there are scenes of a sexual nature. There's quite a lot of effing and jeffing. Um, well, it, it is an HBO show, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and so you're thinking, I'm not quite sure that ladies in that time would have been comfortable as being that sweary, because even like the, the religious ones are suddenly, you know, they're wearing their crosses and talking about, you know, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and then they're effing and jeffing as well. And thinking, there's a little bit of a disconnect between <laughs> what you're trying to tell me this character is and actually what's coming out of their mouth. Um, so there's a few uh, anachronistic aspects of it, yeah. um, but it's you know this is the world of modern television, so you that's that is what it is. But yeah, there, there's some interesting themes in it, some interesting ideas. So yeah, right. I would say I would certainly say yeah, check out the Nevers. All right, cool. Actually, I just realised, Sean, we didn't actually give Godzilla versus Congo rating. No, we didn't. I was waiting for that one. I thought <laughs> okay. I'd be patient. I'd be patient. Okay, so quickly, um, how what was the rating before I ask what the oh, rating for the Nevers is? What's rated for? Okay, the, the ratings for Godzilla, I guess for most people, would probably be probably be a four for the excitement factor. For me personally, it's a personal one. I, I would give it a five for my pure enjoyment of it. Okay, so a five for Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> That's a five from Sean for Godzilla versus Kong. So I was just kind of like, oh, we, you can tell we haven't done this for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cinema's back. Yay! We don't care how, we don't care whether the film's good or bad. It's back. <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, so Sharon, USA. Yeah, so I would recommend it. I think it was enjoyable. It's quite compact. It's six episodes, I believe. And they're all about an hour long, maybe just under. So, yeah, it's certainly something that you could watch in a weekend. Yeah, so and, how many stars? Uh, I would give it a four. Four stars. Give it a, give it a four out of five. Yeah, there's, there's enough, there's enough humour in it. There's enough action in it. Some good fighting, which, again, will make sense at the end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning, you're thinking, how did you get those skills? And then that... that you understand later. There, there's a reason. So, there's a, it's not yeah. just a, it's not just a convenient plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So and I know it's a bit it is very very problematic at the moment to sort of praise Joss Whedon because of the allegations that have come up for him. Not even just on the set of Justice League, but even going all the way back to his time on Buffy and some stuff that he said with Charisma Carpenter. And there's been a whole bunch of people who've come out against him and uh, talk about his his. But it sounds like there are quite a few of his hallmarks in here. It sounds like it has like you know the witty sort of dialogue, the sort of strong female-led characters and all that kind of stuff, the good fight scenes, and also like a, a big sort of rug pull that you look at and you don't you don't hate. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't. Yes, there's stuff you didn't see coming. So yeah, and there's a great a good cast. I won't go through the cast now, but yeah, a good cast. So I would um, and some good cameos. I would yeah. To me, it was. I try not to. Let what well, I, I haven't read much about the allegations about Joss Whedon, so I try not to let that particularly influence my. I don't. I, I don't even know what they are. Stuff. I don't even know what they are. I don't. I have no idea what they are. <laughs> it's, I'm keeping up to date. Yeah, is it yeah, the normal? It, is it the normal, normal sort of stuff? Yeah, like think, the, the, no, no, it, it isn't. Okay, let's put it. It isn't Harvey Weinstein. It isn't. Oh, right, okay, cool. That's it isn't. It say. isn't Harvey Weinstein. It's. But there's people saying that he was abusive. There's um that he, he that he. Um, like a bully sort of thing, a bully, like, like yeah. essentially being a bully, and yeah, people saying right. that he he threatened to end their careers, like Charisma Carpenter, who played Cordelia in Buffy the Vampire, saying saying that he threatened to end my career if I uh, um, if I got fat, and then after I got pregnant, he kicked me off his show, and um, <laughs> Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, who is who I think some of the stuff that Ray Fisher says, I'm kind of like okay dude that's a bit of a reach and like he he said that he essentially cut out all the black characters from his when he got a hold of justice league he cut out all the black characters and i'm like uh okay and um but he's he also says that he was really really abusive on the set and mm -hmm. all so that there's 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 a lot of stuff about that and 
it's being sorted out at the moment so it's and there will be people who will come down on either side i'm just kind of like well unfortunately not all the stuff i love i love comes from people who i totally agree with all the time <laughs> but, but if it did how boring would that be all right cool so that is five stars for cinema four stars i mean purely just because cinema's back i think we might just sort of say cinema wins okay spoiler alert i think cinema might win this week (laughs) just just so it doesn't get angry and leave us again i think i think cinema might win this week so so we don't go go back to cinema we'll go back to cinema and i'm going to take this up i saw a film in the cinema the first one i saw back which is those who wish me dead and i had a similar problem with you Sharon where I was sitting down going okay what can I watch when can I watch it because I've got a seven month baby at home and and every now and then I'm like yeah I'm going to have to go play tennis and my wife's like okay fine see you later I'm going off to the cinema fine see you later and I was like I better not try my luck. I, 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 I think I can get away with one film, one film a week. <laughs> That's about it. So I had a problem with this, and I, but I eventually managed to get uh, an eight thirty five p.m. time to see it after my tennis game. Rushed down to Redditch to the View Cinema in Redditch, managed to watch the film. And this is Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is Anjani Jolie. It's based on a book, based on a book, and it's um, essentially this film kicks off, and it kicks off with smoke jumpers who are people in america like they're like firemen who are particularly who are specially trained to fight forest fires and you see them just falling through the air falling through there like out of like they're parachuting over this fire to go fight it and you you get to meet all these different characters you find out that angelique jolie is part of this group uh, she's part of this group there was some tragedy that happened in the past because in this kind of films there's always a tragedy that happened in the past that haunts the hero and makes them wake up in a cold sweat at night and all that and um so you get introduced to those characters, but then you also get introduced to Nicholas Hult and Aidan Gillen, who are playing who play a pair of assassins. And you get introduced to them, and you can see that they've been given this job to do, where they have they they go to somebody's house shortly after they leave, the house explodes, and then some another guy with his son sees this on the news and gets his son in his car and just legs it. He just legs it, and he um, while he, and as it's going on, he's he's telling his son. Look, I'm going to write this down for you. I'm going to write this down for you. Find somebody you trust and hand this to hand this to them. If anything happens to me, it shouldn't really come as a shock because it shows up in the trailer that something happens to him. And this son ends up being he ends up meeting Angelina Jolie, and so it turns out that these two assassins, for some reason, are after the boy, and which means that then they she, she they end up with Angelina Jolie, who is trying to save them. Her name her character is called Anna. No, Hannah. Sorry. And that is basically the setup. And this is kind of like one of these small muscular thrillers that kind of go, it, it just does it does enough setting up of the different people and the different characters and the different players ju- to to justify the action that comes afterwards. It goes, I'm just going to put that. I'm going to put that. I'm going to put that. A forest fire starts. Why? Because those guys did that. Okay, cool. Now let's go. And so it beca- <laughs> and, and and then that's it. And it's one of these films where uh, there were bits of it where I was expecting. Okay, now it's going to. Oh wait, wait. No, no, no. Judging by what I know about about story structure and the story they're telling me, this is around about the end of the film. Oh, that's that's all that there is. And I actually kind of, there was a bit of me that kind of really enjoyed the fact that they were not trying to make this thing bigger than it was or make it like more important than it actually was. They were just telling you, this is our story. This is what we want to do. Boom. I mean, from what I've read of the, the book that it's based on, there's more in the book. But they they sort of whittled it down and put it on it. But it's it's directed by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario. He wrote Sicario and Wind River, and he's like known as. And I think, I think I might need to check this. I think he might have written Hell or High Water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think he might have written, but it's but it's it's directed by him. But yeah, but that's what I thought. I mean, apart from the fact that. I mean, I think Angelina Jolie. It's great seeing her because I haven't seen her on screen for a while. I think she's actually quite good. She's she's quite. This is a kind of character, a bit like her character in Salt, that you kind of feel almost. I was asking myself, I was like, was this character originally a man that she said I want to play this character, so they made it a woman? Because there's weird things like she's the only woman on the entire team of firefighters. She's the only woman you see doing that job, and when once you see something like that, it's just kind of like. This seems a bit filmy to me. If it seems, it seems, it seems a bit filmy to me. And also, uh, I, I, I just feel like the problem I find with Angela Jolie is like, is like she looks like a film star. She looks like a yeah. film star. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. And so, where, where, where you look at her, and I, I, I'm not even entirely sure what I mean by that. But it's just this sort of 
unknowable, untangible. She looks like a film star. So when you try and have her be like this sort of woman of the words who fights fires for a living, there's a bit, it, it keeps pulling you out of the film because they haven't really done much to try and make her look as if that's like, it's not like, um, what's the name, Carmen Diaz in Being John Malkovich, who they, they did a lot to make Carmen Diaz not look like a film star in that film. This film is just kind of like, yeah, it's Angelina Jolie, she's fighting fires. You're like, wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, I'm, but, but I'm, I'm sure that someone who looks like Angelina Jolie could decide that she wants to fight fires for a living. I'm not saying anything against that. That could happen. But if you're going to do that, why is there no other women around? <laughs> why is, there's all these things about it that just sort of, almost kind of keep reminding me I'm watching a film. Although I have to say, the guy who plays the kid is really, really good. His first name is Finn something. I can't remember his last name. But I think yeah, the yeah, guy... Yeah, I think the I think the kid actor brilliant. I've, I saw him. He was in I'm Not Okay with this, a TV series I reviewed a while back, and he he is really really good. I think the actors they you have, you have John Bernthal in it. They're great. The oh the woman who plays his wife. I was going to look up her name. I've seen her in another TV show mm. in Happy, but she uh, there's there's bits where it, it it flips convention on his head. There's bits where you think okay this guy if you if he's an okay in this sort of films when you're introduced to somebody who's a cop who's a good upstanding cop. He has a wife at home. Oh, she's pregnant, six months with their kid. There's all these things that are being set up and you expect a certain type of thing to happen. And I love the way that they turned it on the head in this film. And okay, I'll stop that. I have one minute left. And Sean, you, you've seen this as well. What did you I want have to say? seen this film. Now, right, okay, I'm going to say this. I really, really got into the film to start with. I really yeah. totally, it was all like totally, totally, but I thought, yeah, brilliant. Okay, I can see that when, you know, like you mentioned about the house exploding. I could see how that might work. Yeah. And you've got these two professional assassins. And then, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes into the film, they just lose all the coolness that they had, that all the, <laughs> I'm just, you know, you know, absolutely class this vehicle. And I'm like, why would you suddenly be stupid? And they, so basically that's, that was the big issue I had with it. I thought, this is a good film. This is great. I like where this is going. I like where yeah. this is going. And then it got, then it was like, because these guys that had been so thoughtful, so careful through the, through the first 20 minutes, you know, about how they did things, suddenly just lose all sense of, and the stuff they do is ridiculous. <laughs> they lose, they would do stuff they wouldn't do. They just wouldn't, wouldn't do it, you know? And it's like, oh, well, so, so, so to me, this was first 20 minutes, absolutely, absolutely, really, really first class. Um, the rest of the film, I had quite a few issues with, but I agree with you with the lad, the actor. He was, yeah. he, he was really, really good. And I actually enjoyed Nicholas Holt in this. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was good. But did you, you know, I mean, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? I, I know, I know exactly what you're you, saying. You know what I, I mean? Know exa- <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. And, <laughs> They're uh... just like, oh, why would you do that? You're professional people that have been so, <laughs> so absolutely meticulous. Why did you suddenly go like, you know, full on ridiculous? I I agree with you because I think as the film was going on, as the film was going on, there were actually bits where I was I was looking at going, okay, why would you do? And, and there were bits where I was like, Sean will not like that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking going, uh, that wasn't the best decision to make. I, but I I like the fact that the film the film kind of comes up with a with a with a reason why they would do these things. And I love the fact that the reason comes down to, it comes down to bureaucracy. And yeah. the, idea, the idea that even assassins, even world-class assassins still have bureaucracy to have to deal with. They still have red tape to they have to go through. And the reason why they end up, like the reason the film gives as to why they have to essentially go away because if they don't go away from the way they usually do it this film is going to be five minutes long because there'll be no story whatsoever and the reason why they go away from the way they usually do things is bureaucracy and one of the one of the assassins spends the whole film complaining about the bureaucracy and saying oh we should have had two things we should have had this we should have had this why didn't they give us this and now we're here i hate this place and and i like i like the oh so there were bits of it that i liked there were bits where it becomes it, farcical yeah yeah no, towards the yet. end it, it becomes it, <laughs> there are bits of it that it comes a bit convenient that like okay bearing in mind that this whole film the backdrop of this film is a forest fire and there's bits where they go we're gonna go in that direction are you sure yes we're gonna go in that direction and then 
and they're five minutes uh, they go in that direction because i think it, 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 it creates a really good dramatic backdrop for something but then something happens after that that you go hang on it was a no you would never have gone in that direction because it was a stupid idea to go in that direction because of what has just happened <laughs> which so yeah but anyway uh, uh i quite liked it i mean being back in the cinema was great agility jolly cool good it's a good tort thriller that has a couple of dumb things happen to it i would give it a three out of five and i would agree with you on that toast totally yeah. agree with you three out of five it would have got if it had carried on the way it started it might have got a bit more, but it's just three out of five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was watchable, and I had me huffy bits, but you know, <laughs> I, I was okay. Okay, cool. Let's get this thing moving. So, Sean, we're going back to you. We're going back to you on what you saw at cinema. I don't know what you saw at home this week. Oh, at home, yeah. Well, I managed to watch um, Love, Death, and Robots. So Ooh, the second Love series, season two. Yeah, I saw yeah. that as well. Oh, good, good, good. I'm really pleased about that. Um, oh. so. Okay, so, so Love, Love, Death and Robots, um, obviously it's an anthology series um, which usually, well, well and okay, do you want to explain what the whole show is about, Sean? Okay, basically it's, a, it's an animated series. It's an animated series, um, an anthology of different, uh, different sort of episodes. They're, they're quite short episodes um, and they're animated in different ways. So yeah. like, you know, some is your traditional animation, some your modern 3D, others is... Um, like you know rotos i think they call it rotoscoping don't they where that's like it's like well, yeah the, i think the, that, you know like the games you know like the games they have the real action games now there's there's yeah there's, i think it's it's more it's more um, motion capture motion capture yeah so, so done, it's like, done a bit more like avatar like yeah that's it that's it in fact i think that was a uh, there was there was a couple like that which i, I yeah I, I don't know if I like it or not. I'm really, it's really difficult to say but, whether I like. There, there, there's, there's a couple of them in this season that I was seriously looking at and going, is this animated? Uh, oh. Exactly. Toast, exactly. <laughs> I agree with you. I was great. I thought this looks like live action to me. Some yeah, of it. I, I was you kind know? of like, is this, is this, yeah. I, I, because it's usually okay. that it used to be like, you know, if things are, if things are still, that's when you might think is this animated but once it moves you're like oh yeah it's definitely yeah. definitely but even this when they moved you're like is this animated or is is this just captured real life it, they, mm. they, 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 i mean there's a couple of them because they all have different names i think there's only eight in this season that's I, it yeah I think, it's a short I think, season i think probably the the one uh compared compared to 18 in the first season the one that freaked me out the most was snow in the desert there's an yes. episode, Snow, Snow in the, in the desert. desert. Yeah, and yeah, Snow in the you're Desert. Just, you're looking at it going, these are actors. This is yeah. not These are actors. Yeah, Snow <laughs> and, in the Desert. And the That's only right. time that you catch it is sometimes when they're speaking. Mm-hmm. And then once they're speaking, you think that there's something wrong with the mouth. That's about I, it. That's <laughs> it. I did think there were a couple of episodes which were like straight out of, because the, the automated customer service one i think was like yeah. was just straight out of the terminator i mean more or less you could say it was a it was it was a terminator movie wasn't it which i i really enjoyed that one i thought that one was i, I thought that one was, was was quite fun that one yep um so yeah so that was good but yeah no and also i quite like the one called pop squad where you know with the with the yes that was that was that was a yes. pretty cool one yeah i didn't mind that um, the giant one that was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, the, 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 I saw somebody who rated um, because obviously there's eight episodes, so there's a whole bunch yeah. of you can go online and see a whole bunch of articles of people rating all of these things from oh best to the worst, and they put the giant one as the best one, and I was like, really, really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because That's the giant it. one I think was it's so the giant one is it's this is is I think okay one thing I will say about each one of these stories that they do very very well is because at the longest one is probably 18 minutes long. Mm. And in that time, I think even the ones I do not like, they build a world. They build a very believable world in 18 minutes. And in the economy of storytelling, in the economy of world building, you can see that this world is lived in. And like Pop Squad, as you mentioned, they, they sketch everything out yeah, in about yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. And you're like, I get this world. I understand what's going on. They do that very, very, very well. And I think of that I think of that that's really good. The the Drowned Giant is so this is all done in voiceover and someone telling the story about essentially in my head, it's kind of like in Lilliput. Imagine if yeah, Gulliver yeah. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if Gulliver in Gulliver's travels washed up on the shores of Lilliput dead. And then there was a there was a scientist who was talking all about this person who we found and all that kind of stuff and it it, there's bits where it seems to be trying to get a bit philosophical, but then it sounds a bit sort of like, 
studenty, philosophical, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, man, man, no, not so much. So, yeah, so yeah. But uh, anyway, Sean, this is what about what, what about the Christmas one? What about the Christmas one? Oh, the Christmas uh, one. <laughs> the, yeah, <laughs> that's that was that was. I really enjoyed that. Okay. I, I so, did enjoy that one. Uh, okay, so so the the Christmas one, the Christmas one, Sharon, <laughs> is essentially built around the idea that there's these two kids who are waiting for Santa to come, <laughs> and so they hear something on the roof of the or the roof of the building, and they're like, oh, oh and they run downstairs to go see to, to go see Santa. <laughs> <laughs> to see whether Santa would take the cookies and the milk and all that. And let's say they find Santa, but Santa is not what they were expecting <laughs> whatsoever. Oh. I, yeah, and I think yeah. the final line, <laughs> the final line of that episode with Santa. Yeah, I agree. I, I think... Somebody was complaining that it turns the whole episode into a joke, but I, I thought it was hilarious. I yeah, thought... <laughs> I got, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got that one, and then there was the one with the train, wasn't there? The tall grass, which I think was probably taken from a movie. I think there'd been a movie. I, I may have watched. I, I think that idea, because the thing with a lot of these is that the like Sharon. I mean, I remember when we reviewed season one, you mm-hmm. you mentioned um, you you mentioned the fact that you went through the stories and you realized that they were based on a lot of them were based on short stories by well-known writers like Harlan Ellison and all that. Oh, yes. I saw the writers, yeah. John Scalzi, I think, appeared a few yeah, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he's done a, he did a couple. And so this is just people yeah. adapting. They're just going and they're adapting short mm. stories by sci-fi writers, mostly by sci-fi writers. There's a and- huge sort of world of, of short story fiction by by sci- science fiction writers and fantasy writers in particular. There's, 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 a, there's a world of it. So, yeah. yeah, and it's a particular, for that genre of writing, it's it's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah, um, and, and and I think that's why, and I think the 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 show Love, Death, and Robots really taps into that and goes, well, you know, these are like one-off stories. Just make them animated because then you can you can you can represent all these worlds. Yeah. So I think that there are some ideas that show up again and again in other forms of sci-fi. So the long grass that you talk about, that's a kind of idea that I think I've seen in other things. In other things, I've yeah. I've seen it being done in other things, and it was. It was quite of because I think even in this season, even the things that don't work, because the, I don't think every episode works. So even the episodes that don't work, I still think that there's things in them that I like. Mm. And I yeah, think yeah. the long grass, I think the animation is really, really good. I think the mood of it is very, very good. I think it, the the ending kind of it ends up not really saying much, mm. but but I just I, 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 I thought I mean, it was a good mood piece. I did. I agree with you. I thought that was well animated. It was like the old Victorian sort of except obviously it was it was in america somewhere but you yeah. know at that victorian it was about the, the the train carriages were like really old-fashioned you know like yeah, you imagine yeah. like so it was, yeah it was, so. it was almost kind of like strangers on the train kind kind of thing but i think snow in the desert i think going back to that 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 was that was a that was a good episode i enjoyed i, I that think episode. snow in the desert was my favorite one of yeah, this, of yeah. this lot. i mean all in all i have to i don't think it was as strong as the first season i don't i agree toes i totally agree i was just going to say that yeah, yeah. I don't think that there's as many because I remember in, there's some in the first season that in my head still stand out, yeah. and I'm still thinking like, "Oh my god, that well, yeah." Well, f- funnily enough, after this, I actually watched. I went back and watched the the episode, which is my favorite episode ever, Zima Blue. Zima I just, Blue, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that is Zima Blue. I remember you talking about it at the time that you. Oh, I loved it. So I went. One. I went and watched after watching these episodes. I I thought I'm going to go back and watch Zima Blue because I think that's just a uh, a terrific, yeah. terrific story. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I enjoyed this. I agree with you totally. It wasn't it wasn't as good as the first series. I mean, and there were a couple of episodes which I really really enjoyed. Snow in the Desert, I thought was really really good. I quite enjoyed Pop Squad. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think was that the one that we thought might have been real acted? What I think that's the one that I was thinking. Well, you haven't you know got the oh it, oh yeah. The, there's one that has Michael B. Jordan in it. Yeah, and it's kind uh, of like it, it's a bit it's a little bit of like. A, man versus robot kind of thing and yeah i think it's 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 good it's claustrophobic but yeah it's a bit meh. Mm, it's yeah. it's probably the one that's the most photo real where you w- you can watch it and you would swear that this is not yeah. animated there that's is it, not yeah. a lick of computer graphics in this thing yeah but yeah, yeah but it's possibly also story-wise the weakest one yeah i agree i agree <laughs> so on the whole i still have to give this i think because I love the idea, and I I did like most of them. From a personal point of view, I'll probably give this a four star. Yeah, I, I think I'll probably give it a, a three. Mm-hmm. 
All right, cool. So we'll go with 3.5. And now we're going to go back to the cinemas. And Sean, because Sharon didn't get to make it to the cinemas this week, <laughs> oh, we blame your nephew. Let him know that. <laughs> and and um, so, Sean, we get, you, you get to pick another film. And you mentioned Nomadland earlier. Nomadland, yeah. And, and this... we, yeah, so and seen as this thing won, won the best picture Oscar, I guess we should talk about it. So go. Yeah. Okay, so this was the first one I went to see winning the best, best picture Oscar. Um, basically, it's a story of uh, a lady. She'd been working at this gypsum plant for uh, 30 years with her husband and that her husband's died. The, the, the plant has closed down. Um, so she decides she's going to buy this van and sort of go, well, basically live in this van, go traveling. And she meets up with some people, some other people, some other that say, oh, every so often we meet up in the Arizona desert. So if you want to come along there. And so they they head off, she, or she heads off to the, the Arizona desert, uh, meets all these other people. And I think, I'm pretty certain they must be real people that do this. And there's some, because yeah, it, yeah, they, they, didn't, they, they didn't seem like actors. Um, and then they say, okay, well, you know, we'll get work here, we'll get work there. And they, that's just basically what they do. So they meet up, you know, have parties and all that. And then slowly one moves away and they all start to take off and they go their different ways. Um, <laughs> And then they meet up again. So this is basically her, as I say, she's been with her husband for so long. And I couldn't I couldn't really tell whether she was happily married or if she was just with him because, you know, that's, yeah. that, that, that's the way things are. But obviously, but this so that's that's basically the film. And she goes back, she gets a job she, over the Christmas holiday. She gets a job at an Amazon factory. So she goes there so she can get some money because when obviously they've got to do maintenance and things, haven't they? And she picks up all these tips along the way about about different techniques different where you can go or how to live off the land that yeah. kind of thing and, and i have to say i was like oh my goodness me there was it was almost because she goes one of the places she goes to is south dakota she goes to the badlands national park of south dakota yeah. and i swear oh my goodness me the area she's walking on i have got a photo and i was <laughs> it must have been exactly in that spot <laughs> and then she goes at this place to war drug and I've got a picture of, in fact, I've got the photo of that. I was, I was trying to dig it out. I was going through photos so I could sort of show you. And it's got war drug. And I've got, it's almost like a, it's almost like, I'm like, oh, that's my photo. That's my photo. It's like a photo. I've, I've been there. I've been there. So it's like, oh my goodness me. So I got really, really excited about this film. Um, and there's an actor called uh, David Strahern. And he's, yeah. he's, he's, he sort of becomes, well, he becomes interested in her. She's not so much interested in him. But anyway, I like him, and I, he's been in a few things. I think he was in Memphis Bell and, and a couple of other he films. He was in Good Night and Good Luck. Good night, that's good it. That's yeah. yeah. That's it. That's yeah. that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why I would have. So so I liked him, and I thought the acting was really really good. As I say, I think you could tell it's really strange. The real the real characters, the ones that must must actually do it for real, you could sort of tell were, you know, it was like they sat around having a campfire and oh oh yeah, she makes friends with with one of these another lady and something that, that they sort of towards the end they all sat around and they were all sort of toasting her and they, they throw them they say oh we throw these i throw this rock in the fire for so yeah i mean I, I i thoroughly thoroughly really really enjoyed this movie it had um a lot going for it it was it was well acted uh it was quite believable there was some terrific scenery um mm. as i say and that was like when 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 you when you see films and they, there's places you've been. It's like it's like oh yeah. You know, I mean <laughs> oh yeah yeah that, yeah I, I I do get that I do get that yeah. And it's I, like whenever I, the Isle of Wight shows up in a film, like oh. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I and I do really think this probably did deserve a it deserved award. So whether the best picture act Oscar I don't know, but I it definitely deserved you know you know it definitely deserves to be up there with the yeah. with a good film. It's, yes. you know, there's not, not action, there's not fighting, there's not nothing like that, but it's just a really, really good, interesting film. Really, you know, you know, quite well. It is. It's obviously it's for real. So, you know, and and it's and it's well acted. Uh, all right, I, because so I would say a couple of things from that. I think um, the director Chloe Zhao, if you that like you know the scenery and the vistas that mm -hmm. is one of her things i think that she loves she loves g getting those and she is directing a marvel movie 
she is directing she's directing the Eternals with Angelina Jolie, which is and they released the first teaser trailer the, to the, um, this week, and it has just, shots. What? What? Uh, is this a movie or a TV series? No, it's a movie. It's oh. a movie. The yeah. Eternals. The Eternals, and it's and it's and it has all these scenes. Oh, it has it has some of those scenes where you see vistas. And yeah, and you're kind of like, ooh, that looks nice. I think that that's a, a real signature for her. And number two, it seems to be that Frances McDormand, uh, 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 an attribute of her characters when she wins an Oscar is that there's a man who has an interest in her that she has no interest in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because the same thing happened. The, same thing happened in three billboards after billboards. every yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that is that is um yeah, that's very very. Yeah, but, but from, from what I understand, that's very her. That it's it's very it's very kind of like you know her. Like I don't need a man or anything like that. So um, so Sean, if you're going to give us a number of stars, what would you give us for this? I would give this one a four star. I'd give this for, for me. I think it's a four star. Deserved, you know, well deserved. All right, cool. Four stars. Four stars for No Man Land. I mean, I've, I've got it on Disney Plus downstairs, so I might not actually see this at this. <laughs> <laughs> well that's okay that's fair enough that's fair uh, enough which which might ruin the vistas and everything like that but uh but i think uh seeing as i can only have a, i can only watch one thing a week I, i'm having to become a, a bit more selective yeah i mean yeah no toes watch them for by all means it'd be good because it'd be nice to get your opinions on them yeah. and as i say i mean the cinema it was in the number number six anyway so it wasn't it wasn't the, which is one of the, the smaller screen. screens yeah one of the, it's one of the little screens, ones so. isn't it at the end yeah so let's, i mean let's put it this way they're not putting um, Godzilla vs Kong on number six. Six, the, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, th- th- those shots of South Dakota were just like, yeah. So that's me. That's, I, I swear, that's exactly the shot I've got of of where I am. Yeah. Okay, but but sure. You know, also. Oh, so at, at the moment, obviously, we we were talking earlier about Anna Bishop Yara, who is like the person who interacts with us the most on social media. Wants to get onto our Facebook page, looks at, uh, follows us on YouTube, and everything like that. And um, oh, Drak, I totally forgot what I was about to say. Oh no, yeah, that was it. And she she was talking about um, there was one of her previous shows where she was talking about essentially Sharon. Let me put it this way: you have somebody who totally, totally agrees with you when it comes to Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not so, alone, obviously. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was kind of like it was kind of like. Um, <laughs> I can't remember which one it was that we wanted that we did, and she was just she was like, "Oh yeah, I totally agree with Sharon about Matt Mickelson. And, and she was like, "Oh, have you seen Arctic? He was in that. That was really good." <laughs> <laughs> and so I went back and I was like, "I remembered. I remembered because obviously I I reviewed I, I, Arctic. <laughs> yeah, you re- you reviewed Arctic, and I remember that. So I went back and I actually posted the link to the Arctic show to her so she could listen to it, and um, and okay, I'll, I'll, uh, and she came back with she obviously listened to it and came back and went I totally agree with Sharon's review so, <laughs> <laughs> so Sharon oh, okay. so yeah you have somebody who agrees with you about Matt Mickelson who agrees with your review about a Matt Mickelson movie <clears throat> hang on my video's gone off but I'm still here it's still yeah. there. Yeah, so you have someone who agrees with you about Matt Nicholson and about Matt, uh, your views about Matt Nicholson movies and all that. So, um, well done with that. But the thing is that it also struck me that in that show that we reviewed Arctic in, Sean wasn't actually on that show because Sean was in Thailand backpacking around the place so when i hear that i hear you talking about nomadland and you're talking about nomadland and everything like i'm like sure there must be a bit of you that thinks that this would be like your almost your ideal life yes oh yeah yes yeah, seriously and believe it or not i've actually been looking at small camper vans i really have yeah i mean and i was thinking why what, what i think i'm gonna have to do is i'm gonna have to spend spend the winters i thought if i got a camper van and I could leave it on my mum's drive over the winter, so I'd only pay like six months road tax, and then shoot off to somewhere warm for the winters, and then come back, and then I'll have that to, to um, you know, just go around. So yeah, I mean, yeah, watch this space. <laughs> you can imagine that we're going to end up with a documentary, a, <laughs> just a cinema documentary. It's Sean's Nomadland. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. I so could yeah, do that. Yeah, I, I could imagine. I could imagine that there's a lot of stuff in this that would just be like right up your alley. Mm, All right, and now, sure. and now, so you said what a four star for that, right? Four star for this one, yeah. All right, cool. And now we get onto our final film this week, and uh, this is something I saw on Netflix, and it's called The Mitchells versus the Machines. 
Now, this is a document. No, documentary. No, it's an animated <laughs> film. It's, an, it's an animated film from um from uh they these guys didn't direct it, but they were producers. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Which is arguably, I mean, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse went straight into my top three Spider-Man movies of all time. It is just so inventive with the animation and all that. And you can see that there is some of the, well, they didn't direct that, they produced, they, they guided that one as well. But you can see some of that sort of like crazy, anarchic, we're going to use animation but in a different way spirit is in this film. But it's extremely satirical. It's extremely satirical and you have this family called the Mitchells. And in this family, you have the dad who is kind of like a, like Sean's dream life. He, he <laughs> wants to live out. He's like a woodsman. And he, he's like, oh, kids, let's go outside. It's going to be great and all that kind of stuff. But then you have his, his, his kids. He has two kids, a daughter, Katie, and a son whose name I can't remember. And, and he, he, he's the kind of person who comes back home and he worries and he complains that everybody's always on their phones. And he has this scene where he's like, okay, let's try this thing. Everyone put your phones down. We're going to try <laughs> and make one minute. No, no, I think it's even 10 seconds of family eye contact. And they all try and just look at each other and they're like, mm? I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> they're also... And the... the, the uh, so, it, and in this whole thing, he has a fractitious relationship with his daughter. His daughter is about to get up and she's about to leave to go to university. And he's, um, and he's kind of like, but each time he comes and he speaks to her, almost the wrong, the wrong thing comes out of his mouth and it turns into a fight. And the mom is like, why don't you guys just sort this thing out? And so is, as is the younger son. And the family dynamic is sketched out quite nicely and quite believably. So it's quite, it's quite believable that, okay, this is a family. This is the whole thing that goes on. And, what happens, the machines of the title is because there's this character there's this character who's kind of like a Steve Jobs and he has one of these expos, you know, like whenever they release a new iPhone and there's this big song and dance about it. He's on one of these and he's about to he's about to introduce the world to the new personal he has a personal assistant that he invented called PAL, which is on all these phones around the world. This technology company runs all the technology around the world, and he so says and he he go and he's actually having a conversation with the personal assistant like it's like it's some like it's a person. Then he goes on stage and he goes, "We brought you Pal. Pal was amazing. And now, but it's like Pal. I I grew up with her. I think she's great. I think she's brilliant. But now Pal is obsolete. And he throws his phone away. And he says, "And now we're going to show you the new age of personal assistants. And it's all these robots. So it's essentially your phone is no longer a phone, but it's actually like a robot that does stuff, cooks for you, does all this sort of stuff. And he's like. But then, and he says, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that if these robots are going to rise up, they're going to take over us. But I've built in a kill switch, which means that they'll never be able to do that. And as he says that, the robots rise up and take over. Because <laughs> it turns out that Pal, who is the, um, who is the, uh, the smart assistant that he created, did not take too kindly to being tossed aside. And has decided that humans are stupid and humans don't know how to use technology. And... <laughs> <laughs> and um humans need to be dealt with uh, there's the 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 ai the pal is voiced by olivia coleman and it's it's just funny there, there's a scene where he, he he's he essentially goes to her he's like no don't worry humans will fight up we will fight against you he's like really no you guys can't live without me Watch what happens when I turn off the Wi-Fi. And she turns off the <laughs> Wi-Fi all over the world and everything descends into chaos. <laughs> and, and there's just, there's scenes and there are, there are set pieces in this film that are just like, there's a bit where they go to a shopping mall. And, sorry, camera's gone off again. I'll just keep talking. There's a scene where they go to a shopping mall and all of the, all of the things, just all of the, the appliances in this shopping mall rise up against them. And that whole scene is one of the is one of the most energetic, um, it's one of the most energetic action sequences I have seen in in like the last year. It is it is it is really really well done. I think the voice cast with Danny McBride, Abby Jacobson, um, Susan Sarandon. I think that they're all great. I think also obviously a specific particular mention for Olivia Coleman as Pal. I just I thought this film was funny. I thought it was great. I thought it was satirical. I thought it said a lot of stuff about technology and the way we use technology. Like there's a bit where Pal says, "It's like, look, I gave you limitless knowledge. I made it possible for you to speak to your friends real time, face to face, around the world. And what did you do with me?" 
and it's essentially technology complaining saying i gave you unlimited power and you used me to order pizzas and, and so it's it's a oh I, I think this is a really good film and sharon i know you have your thing against animation yeah if you only see one animated movie this year I would say do go see this because I think it's quite funny. I think the whole woodsman versus te- technology thing, it could have been a bit cliche, but they it's a lot more nuanced. It's a lot more nuanced about it because of, of because of the way it's done. So I really really like this and I would give it a 4 out of 5. That's cool. All right, Ooh. cool. So if we now sit down, now this is the point of the show where we usually collate up the scores and we say who yeah. it is who has won this week and i'm just gonna put this thing and say yeah, yeah whatever yeah cinema won hey, <laughs> it's back we're back cinema's back cinema won yeah <laughs> so yes let's hope that cinema can continue doing this whole thing and let's hope that all the bosses are listening to us so that they keep cinema around and don't take it away from us we will not take too kindly to that and let's hope that all those people out there Please wear masks. Please don't be idiots. Please don't do something stupid. Yeah, don't ruin that, it again for us. <laughs> yeah, that means that the COVID uh, COVID cases go up. Not be, uh, we know. No, okay, first of all, so that people don't die, but also so we can keep cinema around. We yeah. want to keep cinema around. Right. I think that's it for us this week. And all that is left to say is a goodbye from me. Goodbye for me. And a goodbye from me. We will see you next week when we will all manage probably to have seen something in the cinema. Yes. Probably Cruella. Well, we'll see. Cruella, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, A Quiet Place 2 has having a cinema special screening. So that's a possibility. Okay, Sharon. Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, cool. Quiet Place 2. And we've got got My Name is Nobody coming up as well, I think. Oh, Mm. Nobody the Bow. Nobody, yeah. The Bob Odekirk, John Wick film. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that'll be pretty much yeah, speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yes, I, yes, I, I think so. Watch that one. <laughs> okay, cool. Until then, goodbye. goodbye.